of a uh, religious upbringing? No, my parents were both uh, raised Catholic and then were somewhat disillusioned and um, there was a, a movement called the hippie movement in the States in the 60s and 70s. I was born into that and um, I was raised fairly uh, wild. I was like a hippie child and my parents had divorced and um, yeah, so I was I was a, a very um, broken in some ways and, and lack of love, uh, didn't have many boundaries and never went to church, never heard of Jesus. And um, I was in school and a young young boy reached out to me when I was 10 and I beat him up because I was so angry. And But I was provoked. He kept reaching out to me and I ended up going to his church and I just heard the gospel, heard John 3.16. And, and the pastor was just really... Uh, sensitive to say, you don't have to come forward, just ask Jesus in your heart. And I was at that point, had a a police record, I was smoking drugs, and um, I was really good at stealing. um, And I was, that was, I was 10 years old. And all that was the the facts. And in that moment, I thought, I'm going to steal Jesus. And without telling anyone, I looked around the room, no one's looking, and I just said, Jesus, come in my heart. And I experienced the most profound, like a love that I'd never experienced pouring into my heart at the same time, this pain, like a thorn being pulled out of my heart. And it transformed me. And that's the love of the father has been a mark in my life since then for the last, um, 39 years. Mm, Wow. It's a great story of uh, coming to faith at a young age. And tell us a bit about your uh, early career. Like what did you do after school? So I went to college and I was uh, majoring in um, business law and I had a passion to want to change society and to want to really bring, uh, you know, either through creating wealth and supporting kingdom ventures or even politics and helping, you know, bring reformation, transformation to society. And midway in that degree, I felt the Lord just really lay on my heart to do a missions trip to join a missions organization. And it was highlighted youth with a mission and in Hawaii. So I put a pause and just thought, I'm going to just take a gap here, here, I'm going to go. And I went, and while I was in missions, uh, in youth with mission, I, I saw uh, just signs and wonders in my outreach. I saw healings and salvations and deliverance and 
And all of a sudden, I just came alive, and I thought, this is what I'm called to do. So I came back home, got uh, married to my um, fiance, you know, to my girlfriend, and, and then we went straight back and made a career out of uh, missions. And, and we lived in Hawaii 15 years. Um, and in that time, I had a heart for the local people as well as global missions. So I actually served in a local church and became a deacon and an elder, and then I was ordained as a pastor and um, was connected to Assemblies of God in uh, Kona, Kailua, Kona, Hawaii. And so I served as a pastor as well as a leader in the missions organization uh, for 15 years there. Well, I've had to uh, go to Hawaii for conferences a number of times at New Hope and, you know, been suffering for Jesus in Hawaii a number of times. <laughs> uh, but uh, it really is an amazing uh, place to be. And, you know, so, so you, you spent some time there really uh, in ministry, uh, serving the Lord. How did you come to be a part of the Caleb Company, which you're a part of now? Yeah, I was serving and my passion is to see the world one, to see every tribe and tongue worshiping before the throne and, and to see the Great Commission fulfilled. And I was really, you know, fulfilled in serving in, in the world's largest missions organization on the largest training base of that organization. But at the same time, I, I just, I got a restlessness in my spirit that there's more and, and there's more of even the gospel of the kingdom. We're not to preach just the gospel of salvation, gospel of the kingdom. And, and I just, the Lord led me on a fast, and I, and I was fasting for keys to global revival. And I, I knew there was more, and, and so I, but I didn't know what it was, so I was praying and fasting. And during that fast, I actually had a call from someone in Australia, actually in the Gold Coast, who two of their children were on my staff in, in Youth of Submission in Kona, the University of the Nations. But the, this mother is a real prophetic intercessor, and she said, she called me out of the blue the 35th day of this 40-day fast, and she said, Todd, uh, there's something that I feel like God wants you to get that you're missing, and it's this Israel revelation, how this fits with world evangelism and with the gospel of the kingdom. And, and I said, what? I had never heard that. What? What's is it what's unique about Israel? What's you know they're just another nation. I know Jesus was Jewish, but died on the cross, and now it's it's just all about the church. And and um, but it provoked me. And she said, "You need to read this book called Your People Should Be My People' by Don Fento." And and I actually had that book, so I I just was you know really provoked by it. And uh, and then an hour later, one of my leaders on the campus who for forty days I told them not to call me about what detailed things that I would meet once a week with them. And the rest of the time I was just seeking the face of God. And I had really, it was amazing encounters with God during those 40 days. But one of the leaders called me and said, I'm so sorry to call you to interrupt, you know, you're you. And, but I, I feel like the Lord's just telling me to call you. We have a guest speaker on the campus and I really feel you're supposed to have a one-on-one -on -one with him. And I said, well, who is this? You know, why would, and it was Don Fento, huh. the author of that book, was <laughs> on the campus that week. And it was an hour after this call from Australia that I needed to, to read his book. So um, needless to say, I felt like, whoa, God got my attention. I'm like, what is this? What is this book? What's this message? And when I sat down with Don Fento, he was very 
biblical, professorial. And to be honest, my experience with those that really were Israel lovers was a somewhat, I, I saw them as more of a fringe group, like, okay, that's, they're really into this, Israel, but they're, it doesn't, it's not the main gospel of the kingdom. It's not all the nations. And, and you know, sometimes there was just even some weirdness that I wasn't really attracted to. And now I tell joke and say that all those people are my friends now. Mm. <laughs> um, but Don shared just out of Romans 11, particularly, um, you know, that their loss meant riches, uh, you know, th- their transgression brought riches to the world. Their loss brought riches to the nations. How much greater riches will their fullness bring? And when I heard that from Don, something went off and the bells ringing in me. This is a key to world revival. And so I didn't understand it, but I, I understood the word said that, greater riches. And so I said, can you just pray for me? And when he prayed for me, I just w- fell on the ground weeping, and I my something happened in my heart. And it took me a couple of years for me to study Scripture and to really restudy it from a perspective that things are literal. And when it says Israel, it still means Israel. And that God's covenant has not stopped with the cross, with his promised Abraham and the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. So two years later, I understood why I was on the ground weeping. And it was just getting God's heart for his, you know, firstborn son and how we as Gentiles and the nations fit into God's plan for Israel and how Israel fits in the plan for world redemption. Well, you know, I've had the privilege of traveling to Israel twice on different tours and each time I go there, I just fall in love with the land of Israel and with the people as well. And, you know, there is, there's a lot of talk about, you know, revival in Israel. You know, there's churches being planted there. There's a great messianic movement. Um, it really is an exciting time to be alive. And we need to be watching what God's doing in Israel, don't we? Amen. I just was in Israel four times this last year, I'm going four times this year. And in the last two years, there's been more of an openness to the gospel in Israel than than all the 15 years I've been going before that. Been to Israel almost over 40 times, and the believer, the leaders in the land are saying it is unprecedented. The the whole nation is getting open, and it's not any longer a curse uh, when you say you're a messianic believer in Israel. There's messianic believers, the young people that are on national TV sharing their faith and winning like the equivalent of Got Talent, Australia's Got Talent, you know, that that Israel has one. These messianic young people, I know two of them, who've gone to past several levels and are on national TV are asked, well, what do you, you know, do? And they've shared their faith. And and this one particular gal, the next night, all these young messianic believers posted on Facebook that they're believers in Yeshua. Wow. In Jesus, because mm. of the the favor that's coming, and even in the government, there's so much favor. They're seeing that Christians really are their greatest ally. That really, no nation, even though like nations like Australia, are very supportive and stand with Israel. That um, it's the believers around the world that are going to be their greatest uh, allies. So, yeah, something's happening in Israel, and um, I'm. We we are seeing revival. Our goal really is to see revival in Israel and the Middle East. And so we're involved in a lot of Arab countries around Israel 
to find men and women of peace in those countries that do have God's heart for Israel and the Jewish people. So we're seeing a unity with Arabs and Palestinians and Jewish people, um, and we're it's just outstanding. I, it's it's happening so fast, where it's hard to keep up with. Well, it's inspirational to hear about the Caleb Company and the uh, the ministry uh, that you are connected with. So when you travel, I know that you you do missions, ministry schools, conferences, churches. You know, you speak all over the place. Um, you, you speak on the topic of the Father's heart for Israel. Just to unpack that a bit for us. Yeah, I think that really to have the right context of Israel, it's not actually really good to start just with Israel. It really starts with the Father, and He chose Abraham, and He was just so faithful to guide Abraham to provide and protect, and then He promised Abraham, I'm going to be your shield, your great reward. I'll give you this land. And so you look at the perspective, it's the Father's heart behind all the choosing of Israel. And then seeing even in their unfaithfulness and their rebellion and their sin and their cast out of the land. But God said, basically, I married you through the book of Hosea. And in Malachi, he hates divorce. He's still married to Israel. And this resurrection of the nation of Israel in the last hundred years and the provision protection of the Jewish people through the centuries just shows how good of a father he is. So Israel is an example of the father's heart to every people group and every nation in the whole earth. And if we see the father's heart for Israel, then we will receive more revelation and more uh, confidence, encouragement. That's the way he's going to treat me. He's going to treat my nation, my people. This is his heart. So I really believe that's an important, um, the most important thing to start with when we talk about Israel. It's about the Father and not just about Israel. Mm, wonderful to hear that you're uh, sharing this message all around the world. And, you know, you uh, you shared early in the interview about how you had that encounter with God at the age of 10 and you, you asked Jesus uh, to be your Lord and Savior. You know, there might be people listening that have never done that. They've never had an opportunity to come to Christ. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do they respond to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I just want to encourage any one of you that is listening that you are loved, that you are you are that God has a plan for you. He has a purpose. He created you for relationship, for relationship with Him. And there's a void in all of us that only can be filled by personal relationship with Jesus that gives us access to the Father. And you were created for love. And it's not about a religion. It's not about going to a church or about doing a bunch of rules and jumping through a bunch of religious hoops. It's about a personal relationship with a personal loving God. And He's put eternity in your heart. You may not have ever been able to satisfy the longings, the needs in your heart for love because you've never received the love from the Father. And He wants to come and dwell in you, and He wants to empower you and fulfill you to walk in the purpose that He created for you in the first place. And so I just want to encourage you, God loved the world so much He sent His Son. And it wasn't to get you into religion, He sent His Son. So you would believe in Jesus and and the as it says in John three sixteen, you will have eternal life. That's not when you die. That's now. You will receive life now 
that will go on forever. And I just want to encourage you, if you confess uh, with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead to pay for your sins, you will be saved. Mm, That's such good news. And, you know, if people are listening right now and they'd like to respond, uh, you can send us an email, historymakersradio.com. Go to the website, send us an email there, info at historymakersradio.com. We'd love to send you a Bible from the Bible League and some information about following Jesus. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, What a great message, uh, Todd. And uh, if people want to find out more about your ministry, they can go to the website, calebcompany.org, and uh, find uh, Todd McDowell there on the page. Uh, Great to hear your testimony and what God's doing uh, in your ministry around the world. Thanks for your time, Todd. I reckon you're a history maker. God bless. God bless. Thank you so much. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater. And my challenge to you now is to go and make history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.